You're listening to the ILC Radio Network, brought to you by the Iowa Lean Consortium and Zone Strategies. Here's your host, Stephen Wilson. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the ILC Radio Network. Today, my guest is uh, Tommy Chance from uh, Danfoss. So we're right in, uh, in Ames. Uh, and um, so I have the great opportunity. I actually met uh, Tommy at the uh, October 2018 ILC conference. And I do want to encourage everyone, if you have not already signed up for the ILC conference coming up in October, again, it'll be the end of the month. I believe it's the 30th and 31st. Make sure that you do. Uh, it'll have, again, a great time of uh, great speakers, great breakout sessions. And uh, of course, the keynotes are always, uh, always very, very good. So, uh, Tommy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Steve. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. There's been, uh, there's, there's a, uh, an extensive journey. Well, you yourself, uh, what, almost 22 years at Danfoss, right? Is yes. Understand it? Yeah, 22 years. So a lot, of, uh, a lot of different roles. And so if you could just give a little bit of a background of uh, yourself. I know you've been in the military and, and have had various roles. You could just give a little bit of a background on yourself. And then what I'd like to do is kind of have you walk us through your, the lean journey of not only you personally, but also uh, of the organization itself. Yeah, so uh, thanks for the opportunity again. Uh, for me personally, uh, born in Georgia, uh, moved to Iowa when I was about eight with the family and uh, spent um, several years in the military, um, both in the, uh, the reserve side and also in the, um, in, the or, uh, in the active duty side. And so uh, I uh, served with both the Army and the Air Force and did 25 years of service total with 15 years of active duty um, and all of that around air aircraft maintenance and armament and other, other parts, but always around aircraft. So, so a lot of technical training over the years with that. My, um, my service at the end was with the National Guard here out of Boone and, um, and uh, that was a service that I did the last 11 years as I was also a Danfoss employee or, mm-hmm. or a Sour Danfoss employee or a Sour Sunstrand employee. So, <laughs> so that, uh, that my journey through Lean came sort of through all of that um, and, uh, and leadership. And so um, a very, very good, uh, good technical background, but also a very good leadership and continuous improvement background came out of all of that. Um, I spent uh, time back in the 90s with the Air Force uh, and worked uh, with, with some Covey information and, mm-hmm. and worked, um, worked with um, big transformation projects within the Air Force. Um, and those were interesting. And that was really the, um, the uh, beginning of my lean, uh, my lean uh, journey then. So, so very good, um, very good experience from that. I joined Dan Foss um, after I came off of active duty in 97. And um, I have held uh, 11 different roles in about six different functional areas within the company to include local roles and also global roles uh, with sales and marketing and other, and other uh, groups. So, mm-hmm. so with all of that about 
seven of those 11 jobs were, uh, were all continuous improvement focused in different functional areas. So, mm -hmm. take, so. Us back to, uh, take us back to the uh, your military days and you were saying you began to get introduction, uh, introduced to lean and, and began to uh, uh, apply some of those things. What were you doing in the military relative to, uh, to lean? Well, and um, to begin with, I was working uh, a lot of lot with the technical areas. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked in a, um, a calibration lab, mm -hmm. and uh, and we looked at a lot of our processes and how we can uh, t uh, turn equipment around quicker, and uh, and leaning out our processes in that. So it was a lot of uh, I would think it more of a, an office lean type of. A light type of work, but there were some mechanical things where we used it. Um, really, where I really got deep dive into the uh, tools around mm -hmm. lean, and, lean and continuous improvement, uh, we we were doing uh, phases. So a phase on an aircraft, it's uh, every so often it has to come in for certain maintenance. And so the the uh, military is very good with TPM and PM mm -hmm. type of type of uh, strategy, and so as these these uh, large aircraft came in to be checked, being aircraft, there's a lot of regulations that we had to look at to to fix them, and so we had uh, one set up where we would bring two large cargo planes into uh, adjoining hangars. And we would go through and strip them all the way down and put them all the way back together so we could do all the inspections and the and the PMs and the TPMs that we needed to do on those aircraft. And so this this um, this ongoing uh, maintenance on these aircraft required about 70 people per shift, uh, and that's three shifts, and that would uh, that would uh, take probably 29 days mm -hmm. and, and my memory lapses on the exact number of days at the moment, but, but it was, it was close to a month to get those two aircraft through. And so as we started in, in, in the air force looking at lean and continuous improvement and all of the, all of those types of methodologies, um, we, we brought a whole team in together and I was one of the, the facilitators of this event and we looked at, how can we improve things? And so 5S, uh, Visual Factory, um, all those types of tools that you would use uh, just to organize the work area were very huge. Then we started looking at flow and spaghetti, spaghetti diagrams and, 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 and finding ways that we can shorten the distances between things. And also looking at the sequencing of how we did the work and, and how many people it, we needed and, and putting the right number of people at the right point where we needed mm -hmm. to have them at any given time. And so we worked on that and that, that took us uh, um, about four to five weeks to get through all of that as we organized that. And then we came back and we were able to turn those two aircraft that used to take 29 days to go through this phase process, we were able to reduce that down to nine days. Mm -hmm. which is a, you know, a huge, a huge um, um, impact to the operational readiness then of that airlift wing. Uh, you know, they were getting their aircraft through quicker, and they were able to then put them back on mission in, in a uh, very short time frame compared to what they used to. So, 
So that's right. an example. So, yeah, and that, um, again, with, with Lean, of how can we increase the amount of value added so we can turn product services around much, uh, much quicker. I would assume then uh, that was uh, kind of a uh, additional projects and, and ideas then uh, were, were spawned off of that uh, initial uh, effort. Yeah, and you had about 300 people involved that now had a basic understanding of lean continuous improvement, uh, waste elimination, and they took that back to their own areas too. So, mm -hmm. um, and and all all of the armed forces now, and a lot of times we think we spend a lot of money there. All the armed forces and even the Iowa Army National Guard and Air Guard are using uh, uh, lean concepts. They actually have. Uh, positions within the Iowa Guard that uh, are lean positions. And so they're looking for continuous improvement opportunities. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, when you began, and this isn't necessarily, again, just, just related to the, uh, the military, but um, have discussions as to an organization that wants to, uh, wants to get started. And, and uh, so you were, you were there when things were getting underway and uh, what's the best, approach that you have seen, you know, do you, do you start with your, your 5S? Do you say, as you're saying, your 5S and your visual factory and uh, what's the best way to begin a, a lean initiative? Yeah. And, and so I will always say it depends on what's the problem you're trying to solve. Uh -huh. <laughs> but yep. I think if you, in general, when you come in um, and I've noticed this with a couple of small companies around here that I've, I've uh, consulted with a little and, and some other areas that I've, that I've uh, looked at. Um, when you walk in um, to a place that does not have any lean background, that 5S is the first thing that's going to win over the people. Mm -hmm. uh, if, they're, if they find that they're able to improve their working conditions, at the same time eliminating these new eight wastes that we've taught to them, and, and, and these are things that they probably looked at it at different times and said, there's got to be a better way to do this. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's getting those people at the front line um, excited about it. Because then after that, if you can get them excited and they can improve their own work area, then they feel engaged and they feel that, uh, that they're going to have a part in the whole process. Mm -hmm. Then you can move into the more um, the more eloquent, I guess, tools with with SMED or quick changeover um, um, with with uh, with the tools that are going to go deeper into those things. But I think yes, if you can improve the visual look of the work area um, and and implement, I'll say, as implement standard operating procedures or standard work or whatever word you want to use those things to get things a little bit in control and then it helps you to see the whole process better. I think that's the best place to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree. And I, I, I'm glad to, to hear, especially individuals with as much experience uh, in it as, as say yourself uh, to uh, have that same share that same, that same, same uh, yeah. sentiment. Yeah. So, so moving forward then into uh, 
Dan Foss and uh, um, as you got uh, started under there, talk about then the journey of that organization through Lean, if you would. Okay, so I'll, I'll talk first about the parent company and then I'll come sure. back to how Ames fits into that. So, so Danfoss themselves really made a step improvement in how they did things. So many, many plants around the world and many different, um, different uh, sites and uh, they really didn't have them all connected into the same system. And so in 2003, the parent company said, hey, we're going to go out and find somebody to help us put a business system together. And so they worked on that in 2003 and four, and uh, with, 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 a, with a contractor, and they developed the Danfoss business system. So uh, mm -hmm. that's the system that still today we are all on. Um, they, and then they started doing what they called um, transformation pilots and so and what this was is to go into an area of roughly 60 to 100 blue-collar workers and their support staff and do a 360 degree um, um, what we would call a fact pack or a current state mm -hmm. of what the area was and this looked into finance and to sales and marketing into anything you can think of connected to those products and those people and then they would look to establish the business system tools. And so some of those were the basic lean tools that we understand, 5S, um, um, you know, TPM, all those things that we would do right off the bat. And then a, a, a group of tools and, and trainings, uh, about 200 to a 220 different trainings and tools then that we would have available to work in that area and so um, and so they would do a 17-week pilot or project and they would um, work on current state future state um, or excuse me the fact pack so all the information the 360 degree view then they would go to the um, the uh, current state and the future state along with some training for the pilot team Mm -hmm. The pilot team was about nine to 15 people that were dedicated to that project for that 17 weeks. Once they got that all figured out and what they, want, what they wanted to do was lay a tactical implementation plan or a tip out for the next 10 weeks to implement as much as they could. So we were looking for the high impact, easy to implement things to begin with, to make a step change in what we were doing. At the same time, we were looking at how, how do we improve safety, quality, and delivery as we're going through that, along with cost. So, so those four focuses going through, um, but we were really looking at how do we lean the area out, uh, and, and um, it was a great learning experience for the areas. It mm -hmm. was heavily, heavily trained the trainers, so we looked at our leaders from our vice presidents, directors, uh, managers, team leaders, the team coordinators in the areas, we were training them to taint, to train the rest of the population. Oh, excellent. And so, and so as we went through, we had some successes and we had some, some that didn't quite make their targets, but generally we were looking for a 20% productivity gain in those 10 weeks or those 17 weeks. And uh, we averaged in the, the range of 30% productivity gains 
along with all the other things that we improved in safety and quality and delivery. So, mm -hmm. um, and so that was, that had started in 2003 and moved through and is still going today. And, um, and the system is, is still being updated and, and improved as we move ahead. So we have a global staff, a global team from the Danfoss business system that then, then supports local and regional uh, assets as myself um, in, in uh, continuing to improve on, on um, how we're performing versus that business system. So mm -hmm. for, for Danfoss, or for Ames, so of course uh, we officially became Danfoss back in 2013. Um, we originally in Ames in, in 1971, they broke ground and opened, uh, opened in 72, Sunstrand, which is mobile hydraulics. Uh, Sunstrand was very um, involved in aviation and aviation hydraulics, and they wanted to make the jump to um, the mobile hydraulics. Mm -hmm. um, after a few years, they went in a joint venture with Sauer, which is a hydrostatics and hydraulics uh, supplier out of out of Europe, and eventually Sauer bought out the Sunstrand side, and we became Sauer Sunstrand, and that was where we were at when we, uh, 2001, we merged with um, with uh, Danfoss Fluid Power, and um, and became um, Sauer Danfoss, um, and then in 2013 we then became part of the Danfoss group. They brought us back in under the parent company and, uh, and work there. So from, from that journey in the Sauer Sunstrand area where I came into the, into the uh, company here, into the plant, um, we started back in, in the 90s working with a consultant that we had a very bad experience with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they came in, they started tearing things apart before they got a plan. And I think that, uh, that sort of gave us a bad taste in our mouth. And so, sure. so the good with the bad, but, yeah. um, we did come back about, uh, interestingly enough, we came back at, at, uh, 2003 also and started putting together a new lean structure. I was part of that initial team as we started to build that, that lean structure back up, not really a business system, but we became very Kaizen um, uh, heavy and, and focused. And so we were doing roughly 42 to 50 Kaizens a year. We were going through and, and we, had, we had pretty free reign on, on what things we can try. So we were, we were putting plans for every part in and we were, we were creating uh, visual Kanban systems, uh, not only card systems, but using webcams mm -hmm. with off-site uh, off-site um, suppliers and and a lot of good work done uh, leaned out a lot of waste from uh, from the uh, the past and and set us on a, on a on a good direction. Yeah. Hey, Tommy, when when you talk about kaizens and the number of kaizens that you do, uh, it's I always find it interesting in in our world of reducing variation. We have so much variation with what you know what a kaizen event is and all of these different things. When you talk about Kaizen's, what are, what are some of the examples that um, that you did in those in those those forty two and and how are how are they structured for you there? 
And so, and then again, and this is back in the aughts, the early, the early two thousands, but, um, but it's, um, you know, for me, first of all, we use Kaizen, um, as a thing more than what it really is. It's, 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 it's change, good or good change. Mm-hmm. And so you could call about anything we do and lean, hopefully a good change. Right. Um, and so how we, 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 we put out a sort of a, a, a pre-work for our events. And so then we would decide who do we need in it? What do we need to put in there? You know, so that pre-planning was a big part of what we did. Right. Uh, that, that was probably the most organized piece back in 03 that we put together was that planning up front. It helped us a lot as we went through, but we had some very, very talented people working, uh, facilitating these events um, that we were able to communicate and train the people in, in, a, in a good fashion so that we can get through. So we were doing different types of events. Some of it would be, we're just going to look at this station and an assembly line and how do we organize it better? Just one station or the next Kaizen may have been, we're going to, we're going to sit down and do a process preparation or a product and process preparation for a new product, which Mm -hmm. is a whole different level. So they were all different sizes. Mm -hmm. Um, It really depended on, again, as I go back, what problem we're trying to solve. And then what are the resources we need to do, do, do that with. And so that's how we, we organized ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Go, go. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I appreciate that because, and I think that is important. The, that, that pre-planning um, ahead, just simply uh, so that you don't, ha- you're not spending a lot of time uh, on yeah. things that you don't need to be focusing on. And plus then um, you have everybody assembled there and you, don't want them to have to be uh, uh, dealing with a lot of that pre-planning uh, stuff. You want them to be able to be thinking about and working on the actual improvements. Yeah, because everybody has other roles that they need to play. And the more efficient we are with our events, the more apt people will want to come to the events. If they show up at the event and we're doing a lot of work we could have done before or after, yeah. sort of like if you're doing a quick changeover and you remove out everything that can be done before and everything that begin done can be done afterwards. That's the way you want to do your events. You want mm-hmm. to be as effective and as efficient with that time because uh, they have a lot of other things to do and we don't need to be work using up all their time. So. so you would be able to, as you say, in, in, in the, uh, in the arts, you were 40, 50 of those uh, a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how large is the organization? So, so in Ames, we, over the years have moved back and forth a little bit, but uh, we we're over a thousand employees in Ames uh, in two facilities right now. And so, um, and um, as for the, the company itself, we're over 25,000 um, employees worldwide. So, um, so we're, we're not the biggest, but we're not the smallest either. So. Yeah. No, that's, that's, uh, I always enjoy hearing about all of these different types of organizations that are in the state of Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. And the impact that, uh, that global impact, um, on these, um, in, in many cases. So, uh, all right, pick it up, uh, pick it up from, uh, from where I, I interrupted you. If you <laughs> recall you. where that was. So, so I'm plus 50. So, um, yeah. So, <laughs> 
I may forget. Um, no, it's, it's, um, and so it brings us up to uh, roughly about 2011, where the parent company agreed to let us start using their business system in, in Sour Danfoss. And so we got a good relationship back and forth and started doing the same type of, type of pilots that we had uh, back that uh, Danfoss, the parent company had back in, in 2003. So that's when we started using the business system. I myself became what they called a lean transformation expert. Mm-hmm. And I would travel around the globe to different sites and do these 17 week projects, these, these transformation projects. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we went through that. And, and by 2014, we had gone through most of our, you know, most of our uh, manufacturing facilities in our segment, uh, which is power solutions. And so we're one of four segments in the, in the, in the overall company. So, so we caught up with the, the rest of them on that and we're using that business system now. Um, it's, uh, it's a pretty, uh, uh, intense, uh, look at the entire business system if you do that. Um, but, uh, we, um, we have a, a, a Danfoss productivity program, which is really around operations and all the improvements we can do there. We have full potential purchasing and sales and marketing program and product development program and PLM. And so uh, product lifecycle management. So there's a lot of pieces to the overall business system that tie back together. Mm-hmm. So, and so that's where we're running now. Um, we, um, we, we are planning quarterly out in our operations areas and in some of the uh, office areas, uh, tactical implementation plans. So 13 weeks of what are we going to do next? We also do road mapping for uh, the full year for the plant and, and look at what are our gains that we want to make this year. Um, and then, and then we look out even further three to five years out um, on what we want to uh, improve and what we want to look like in the future. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, are there, um, uh, is there a, a particular uh, department that uh, that heads heads these things up, or how, how are you structured that way? Of course, you know because you you. So we've changed a lot here over the last few years. Every day. What's that? I'm sorry. We've changed a lot over the last few years. So um, my my position, I would I was working with sales and marketing as a global uh, process improvement manager. Um, I've been traveling a lot, so I thought it was a time to come back to a local role. So uh-huh. I'm a continuous improvement expert role here in Ames. Mm-hmm. And this part of our organization has changed a little bit over the last couple of years. But right now, um, I'm working for a division of our, of our, uh, our segment. So uh, the hydrostatics division. I have, have a, uh, a boss that uh, lives and resides in, in Germany, but he has a team around the world in the hydrostatics specific plants that we're all connected together to. And we are the local voice of that Danfoss business system and, and getting things um, implemented and, and sustained within mm-hmm. that system in the local. So the, the Danfoss business system group at the, at, the, uh, at the corporate level then has different people who can come down and consult and help us. So, mm-hmm. so we have, we have a, we have a, a good size amount of people globally covering all of the sites and the regions, but then 
in, at least in each facility, we have one continuous improvement expert. Larger facilities like ours get more, but then we're working directly with the team leaders, the directors, um, the managers on 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 those improvement projects. We are we can't do all the projects ourselves. So back when we were doing 50 a, a year here, we had mm -hmm. seven to eight people on site full time for lean. Right now we have really us two. Mm -hmm. So we're training the people to do the things. And so we're building their competencies uh, around lean. And uh, we use uh, some very, uh, some very elaborate uh, competency matrices that we, um, that we train them to on all the DBS stuff, uh, the, the business system stuff, and all of the, uh, the other competencies that they need. So we do have a, a training department here mm -hmm. and, a, and a head trainer that also works along with us with those competencies. So. To what extent do you think that an organization should train all of its, all, all of its people? Uh, so, so, you know, in, in just some of the, the basics, the fundamentals. Uh, yeah. And so there's, so the way our business system set up is uh, uh, there, there is a foundational level and that's where we get into those things. And we've mentioned five S and other things that's, and, and, and the eight waste and what they are and how to see that everybody should see that in each of their job. Uh, some people think, well, that's all shop floor stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, and uh, what we find is, uh, when we go out into maybe a, a, a machining area or an assembly area that has not had a lot of lean work done, we will find that the value add in those areas, especially machining, is like around 30% when we first go in and do the analysis. And in an assembly area, we would say it's maybe value add is at, um, is at uh, maybe 40%, 45 It's really good areas. If we go into office processes, and I've looked at many of them through many functions, uh, we, we find 85% waste is about where we start in an office process. And so, and so those fundamentals need to be taught to every functional area, even finance, uh, you know, who, <laughs> even IT. I've worked with IT and finance and, and other gr groups on problems they had, and they're, and and one of the things that, that uh, probably we are very weak at teaching in my experience is root cause problem solving. Mm -hmm. We've we put a lot of emphasis on teaching that and sharing that through all areas because we've done a lot of root cause problem solving with our people on the shop floor and the support staff around them. But we get into some of the office areas and they, they, they try to solve problems, but they're not really focused at root cause and how to get there. And so definitely those types of fundamental things need to be taught across the organization. Um, there's just too much opportunity there to make improvements. And when you're, when you're talking about uh, root cause and problem solving, uh, are you, you predominantly use uh, PDCA? Are you? Yeah. So, so we use, we use a PDCA concept. Mm -hmm. um, we have we have four levels of tools that we use really. Um, so one is one is just to just do it. It's something that we know what the, the root cause is and it uh -huh. just needs to be done. 
the next level up um, to the next two levels. So if you're if you're uh, if you're familiar with the automotive 8D process or eight disciplines, um, we use that for some of the bigger bigger issues that we have. But we have in between those two what we call a four step, and it's really four steps of the 8D. We've just mm -hmm. trimmed it down some, and so and so we uh, we train those tools to everybody. Um, and we really look at um, driving to root cause because we don't often solve root causes. And that's why we, we, we solve the same problem over and over and over again is because we're looking at, you know, probable problems or, or, or root causes, probable causes, or we're looking at, we're looking at uh, maybe the most likely but we're not ever getting to root cause because we don't go deep enough. And so, and so um, that, that's, that's very important for us. Um, if you go out onto our shop floors, we have boards in each area that, uh, that uh, are set up for exactly that monitoring and tracking and, and getting to root cause on those, on those issues. Those have also popped up in the office areas now and they're using them and getting deeper into that, that methodology and getting to and eliminating the root cause. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, as you're, so as you're, you're uh, going then and you talked about the leadership as well being trained, how has, mm -hmm. um, how has that all come about? Um, because I well, think a lot of organizations struggle with that. Um, leaders are, you know, not necessarily thinking that, that, they themselves need to have that awareness or, or, or training. Well, see, and that's where we have, we have um, set the, the, um, oh, just lost my word. We have set the, uh, the goal that they are the trainers, the primary trainers of the leaders. Mm -hmm. So if they that's part of their job description that they have to train, then they need to understand that. So that's, that's, it behooves them to do that, but um, but um, really, um, it um, it helps the leaders to be able to share that with the other people and to be involved in that training. Mm -hmm. um, what's nice here, so, so many leaders here, even though they don't have to do a specific piece of the job, you will see them learning that job because then they understand the challenges that their people have better. Right. Uh, a lot of times our new team leaders on the shop floor will come in and one of the first things they do is they work on the line for two or three weeks mm -hmm. to see what the, what's there. And, and that experience is, 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 is very valuable as they go ahead. But then as the, they know the tools that we're using to make improvements, it also allows them to eventually step in and do things for themselves. They don't have to wait for somebody else to come do it for them. So mm -hmm. I, I can't, I can't uh, um, stress it enough that those leaders need to have that competency and, and, and they, to, to a large part, accept that. And they like, they like to, to know the tools. And, and the funny thing is in our life, uh, these tools that we use are just really smart ways to do things. Right. And, 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 um, and some of us have figured these things out without ever knowing what it was called. But, yeah. um, but these, you learn these things here and you take them out into the community, you take them home, 
Um, it's, it's, it's just a way of seeing things. Uh, so, so you're really too, you're creating, uh, again, that culture of uh, individuals being able to identify uh, areas of opportunity and what type of a process then have you developed for that to uh, make sure that it, it's getting to the right, the right people? And then, because I've, I've seen our organizations where um, so, so you want people to turn these things in, mm -hmm. but then there's, there's not a, a defined process of how to uh, take that idea, that thought, uh, and uh, it's then perceived as, yeah, you want me to turn these things in, but um, you're not doing anything about them. Tell me about that process of, of getting the input from the folks doing the work. Yeah, and so that's, um, if, you, if you were around at the beginning of one of our pilots when we first put the boards up, um, it's just like it's snowing ideas because mm -hmm. they come with all of them. If we can't get to some of those ideas and start getting wins, that will discourage them. So you never want to discourage them. Uh, there are times I think that throughout different areas in our company, people have gotten discouraged because they haven't seen things moving through that, um, that, that continuous improvement process, that root cause problem solving process, whatever it is, um, that, that can be very discouraging for the workforce. So we have to work hard at communication. So that's probably the best thing we can do because anytime somebody provides us with a slip with an idea on it, that is a placeholder for a conversation. And it could be many conversations. Mm -hmm. What we always have to remember to do is the feedback part of communication. Where we lose the traction is somebody turns an idea in and we may have been working on it 24-7 for three weeks, but if we never go tell them what that, what's happening with that, they will believe nothing's being done. Mm -hmm. Now, if we're not doing anything with it, we need to go and say, hey, there's, there's three, or three answers really you can give when they, when they make a suggestion. Uh, yes, we'll do it. No, we're not gonna do that and here's the reasons. Or we're not gonna do it right now and this is why we're gonna get to it later. And so if you can at least have that conversation around where we're at, what we're planning to do with this, and why we made the decision we, we could personally with that person, that makes a big effort or that a big, a big impact on that person. They, they, they understand that they are part of the process and we see them as valuable enough to come back and make sure we communicate to them. So for me, it's, 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 it's communication and sometimes it's over communication um, and, and making sure that we're getting there and keeping the people in the loop. Lessons learned along the way. What would you say are some of the larger lessons that uh, that you yourself or the organization has learned as it relates to uh, lean and continuous improvement? And I think it's with any any uh, organization that does this type of stuff, and any and the ones I've been in, it's it's sustainment. Um, <laughs> we implement a lot of things several times, and so <laughs> over mm -hmm. the years, we. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's just like with the root cause problem solving. We, we, we continuously fix this problem this way. And if we really went for root cause, we could fix that. Well, we have implemented some very good systems over the, 
over the um, the years, whether manual or or electronic systems. Um, but we know if we don't sustain those, and a big part of the sustainment is the recurring training. So we talk about training. You can't train somebody once and expect them to do anything for the rest of their lives. So mm -hmm. we have to put the the um, the uh, effort together. We have to put the plan together to make sure we're refreshed on these topics. And that's the leadership. That's the people at the front line. That's all of them. So. Mm -hmm. um, what else would you like to share about uh, the Dan Foss journey? I mean, what, uh, what, what, what's maybe what next steps with regards to continuous improvement? Yeah, I think we're still pressing ahead. So we're, uh, we're, um, we've had some, some uh, opportunity, at least here in Ames, that we need to, um, to improve the sustainment a little bit. And we're going back and refreshing a lot of people where we've, we've maybe been challenged with that competency piece and need to build that up again, some significant turnover in leadership mm -hmm. for the right reasons. And so, um, but, um, but that's a big part of where we're at now. As a, as a company, we also, uh, within the business system, uh, we are continually improving how we audit where we're at and how we, how we, um, how we, continuously move that that uh, goal of world-class keep chasing that um, we've got some systems in place that help us with that and so um, we are we are always improving on that and I think for us it's the continuing maturing of the process and make sure we're keeping up with with what's happening in the world uh, and and the advancements um, there are companies that got stuck back in the last century and haven't come out. Um, and so uh, we don't want to be that. We want to continually grow and to continually change in that positive direction. So I think we're on that path. Uh, we all face headwinds at times. Um, and, um, and I think that's uh, really want to want to focus on how do we sustain the gains we've had and then look for what's possible in the future. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, we, we, you've, your organization's been involved with the, how long you've been involved with the ILC? We, we've been, we've been involved with the ILC probably at least a decade at, at different members uh, of it. Um, and um, over time it's, 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 uh, we've had more, more uh, uh, participation and, and now we're getting back into that again. I myself initially uh, was back in uh, the early days of the ILC. I, I was around a little bit, but uh, had been active here the last couple of years. And my job is one of my titles is I'm the liaison to the ILC for Danfoss here in Ames. So mm -hmm. and so, and I've been working on the uh, on uh, last year. I was on the uh, the planning committee for the fall conference, and I'll be looking forward to doing that again this year. Uh, very good. Uh, um, experience for me. I learned a lot around, around, around that and met a lot of people and connected to more people than I have before. So mm -hmm. I recommend that for anybody who's thought, well, maybe I should get on one of the committees. Uh, yeah. it, it's, it's a very good idea. So, uh, but I'm also working on marketing it inside of Danfoss more. So we haven't used, um, the ILC maybe as much as we could have. And, I think it's because we need to communicate better 
to our employees here uh, that they are all uh, able to be part of the ILC uh, under our company, um, our company's registration, I guess there. But um, that's, uh, that's something that I'm working on. And actually, uh, it's one of my goals for my uh, leader this year is to, uh, is to actively uh, promote the ILC here. And so, and I, I think that's something that maybe we uh, all members could do um, in their areas, promote it as much as we can and show the value to the people of what uh, the ILC brings. What has the ILC personally brought, uh, brought to you? Uh, in addition, you were sharing some of those things, but uh, yeah. any other, you know, again, if there's an organization that's listening, that's kind of uh, teetering uh, on uh, whether or not to become or, or to be involved or to in increase their, their involvement, what, what can you say to that? Well, and so the opportunities to go and see other places, I don't think you can stop doing that. That's, that's a big part of what we've done. And it's interesting because of our association with the ILC and some of our customers and vendors, we've been doing some sharing back and forth sort of outside of, outside of the ILC, but because we're members of the ILC, it's how we were connected. So, um, and then there's all the uh, different trainings, the different tours that are out there um, going and looking and seeing something else. You never know when that's going to, to create an idea of something you can do back in your workplace. Because we all have struggles, but we all have things we do very well. As we share those more, I think that helps us all become better. So. Yeah, I think that is, that's um, one of the, uh, I think the keys, and, and it's, it's, I don't know if it's necessarily, uh, um, different here in, 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 uh, in Iowa with the culture, but there really is a, uh, a willingness to share mm -hmm. experiences and, and opportunities for learning, um, that, uh, um, has, is, is quite refreshing. And, yes. um, I know this last, uh, this last conference there was, uh, I was actually talking with somebody that was from one of the coasts and they were quite surprised, uh, at the, the, number of participants here uh, in Iowa that were at the, that were at the conference the number mm -hmm. that, uh, that attended. So that's always, uh, always, um, always good, good news to, uh, good news to hear. Yes. Tommy, as, as we close out, what, uh, what personal uh, goals, objectives do you have with regards to continuous improvement? And as you, you've changed in multiple roles there, but, uh, uh, what's what's next in, on a personal note for you with regards to continuous improvement? Well, so for me, I'm also working with uh, nonprofit organizations. And uh, I think in the future for me, I would like to take what I've uh, learned through lean and, and mm -hmm. waste elimination and, and, and help the nonprofit organizations be more efficient in what they do, getting more of the funds coming in, going to, the efforts rather than to administrative costs. So, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I would encourage you if you have not already. Uh, one of the episodes, earlier episodes, I, uh, I spoke with Brian Hurley. Brian uh, yeah. was here, and uh, and now he's out. Um, I believe in uh, in Oregon, uh, and uh, Lean Six Sigma for Good is yeah, yeah, and uh, so he does a lot of work with uh, with. Uh, 
not for profit. So yeah, very good. Yeah. Well, Tommy, thank you for being a guest here on the ILC radio network and, um, and sharing your experiences with us. And again, folks, if you have any questions or anything, uh, I'm sure uh, if you go out to any of the ILC sites or, uh, um, uh, LinkedIn, you'd be able to, to reach out to uh, Tommy and, and uh, Tommy, I'm sure you'd be willing to, more than willing to, now that I put you on the spot, more than willing to uh, uh, answer any questions that folks have about. Uh, yeah, so my mother would tell you the two things I do very well are talk and sing. So <laughs> if you don't want to talk to me, I can sing to you. So. <laughs> That's right. You don't want to listen to me talk, I'll sing. There we yeah. go. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm right there, right there with you. So uh, folks, thanks again for listening to the ILC Radio Network and uh, look forward to speaking with you uh, all again as we have uh, new guests. And I do encourage you to uh, let us know, let the folks know at the ILC uh, maybe who you'd like to have on or uh, some of the various topics as well that we can discuss. So thanks again for tuning in and we'll talk with you next time. Thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed our show. For more information, please check us out online at iowalean.org and zstrat.com.